This is The Memory Palace. I'm Nate DeMeo. This episode is the first of a series of Civil War stories that I'm doing in conjunction with Slate.com. The stories will appear once a month for the next stretch as part of the Slate Daily Podcast, which is something you ought to be subscribing to anyway. And then two weeks after, they'll appear here as a normal Memory Palace podcast. So anyway, episode 39, Road Trip. They pack light for an overnight, for a quick adventure to break the monotony of daily life in the capital. Their destination was 25 miles away. By carriage, it would take them about seven hours to get there, less if the weather didn't get too hot and they could really push their horses. They picked out their traveling outfits. They packed lunches. They wrapped linen around their telescopes and spy glasses so the ruts in the road wouldn't crack the lenses. They made pies. And they set out south on the road to Manassas, Virginia, toward a creek called Bull Run. They rode alongside the marching men of the 79th New York Infantry. They shouted encouragement to the boys of the 3rd Connecticut in their new uniforms and their boots still free of holes. They waved their handkerchiefs to the men of the 2nd Wisconsin, who held flags that still had 34 stars, despite the fact that 11 of those stars now pledged allegiance to another flag entirely. South Carolina had seceded in January, then Fort Sumter fell in April, then Jefferson Davis and the government of the Confederate States of America set up shop in Richmond. May and June saw skirmishes and naval engagements, and by July, what was left of the U.S. government was being pushed to go on the offensive, to roll down through Virginia and take Richmond before things really get out of hand. There were hundreds of road trippers, we think, on the road that day on their way to watch 30,000 trained soldiers whip an uppity insurrection and squash the damn thing once and for all. Seven hours in a buggy wasn't once around the park. It was 25 miles of hard road. But to the people who set out on that summer day from Washington, it would be worth it. After being raised on stories of Waterloo and William the Conqueror and the War of the Roses, to get a chance to see brave men astride horses head once more into the breach, to watch 600, 700, 800 more charging into the valley of death like the men in that Tennyson poem that was all the rage just a few years before. The battle would be the can't-miss show of the season. They arrived at night and awoke before dawn and staked out their places on a hillside like picnickers at dusk on the 4th of July. And then the cannon fire roared, and the crowd did too. They spent the morning watching the flash of distant guns and waiting for the delayed report of rifles to roll up the hill. A woman, watching through opera glasses, cried out in delight, Oh my, that's splendid. Is that not first rate? When the sound of explosions would reach a particularly satisfying volume. Of course, down below, a few miles away in the field, obscured by smoke and distance and the wisping gauze of romantic notions, boys bled. Husbands struggled to hold their insides in. Sons, bones were shattered and bodies torn apart. A woman, a widow, 85 and in bed, was killed where she lay by a shell that flew through her bedroom window. By noon, the road trippers were bored. The smoke was too thick. There was too little for them to see. And a soldier had been dispatched from the Union lines to tell them that the battle was in hand. It wasn't. But the tourists couldn't have known that. There was applause, 
Backs were slapped, belongings were packed, and they set back out on the road to Washington, looking forward to a hot meal in a warm bed and a Monday morning back at work with a story to tell. But there was traffic on the road. It was clogged by other tourists from other hilltops who knew better than they did, who knew that the battle was lost, and clogged by the dazed and wounded of an army in retreat, which would eventually make it back to Washington with 3,000 fewer men than it had left with. But no one on the road was getting home that night. The trip was going to take far longer than anyone could have known.